Cliffcentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. Um, this week we have a very exciting um, guest joining us just now. If you haven't been following on Twitter or Facebook, then you'll have to just wait and see who he is. But uh, we'll be bringing him in a bit later on. As always, uh, B2. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Yeah, man. Great to be here. Huh? So look, You look tired. Have you had a heavy week? It's already been, what, six hours? I'm busy, bro. I'm busy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it waits for no one. No, I know. I know how you feel, though. It just seems to be like in winter, things kind of come alive. It's a bit nuts, eh? Uh, at least we're past the uh, the solstice, eh? So the days start to get longer, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Did you yeah. see what time the sun came in this morning? I no, don't know about getting it was longer. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as usual, app of the week. Yes. Um, I've actually had a lot of fun with this app this week. It's called Malevich. I mean, actually, going to spell me? that exactly. It's Malevich, so M-A-L-E-V-I-C-H, Malevich, Malevich. I don't know, but what it is, it's a it's an app that um, you take a photo or one of your photographs, and then instead of choosing filters like on Instagram or any of the others. Um, what you do is you choose an artwork from one of the greats, the Picassos, the Renoirs, and so on and so on, um, and it, it overlays the the treatment or style of that photo onto your photo. Oh, okay. um, now, what was quite clever about it from a monetization point of view, because I always look at apps and I think to myself, well, you know, is it free, is it paid? If it's paid, what do you get? If it's free, what do you get? And um, they give you one picture a day free. So you can use the app and you can get the results and all those good things. But then when you select the artwork, it obviously goes back to a server to be processed. Mm. Um, and I've, I'll share up on Twitter. I did one with Picasso. So I now actually own a Picasso. Um, but when you, when you go, uh, when it goes to be, to be processed, then it says, if you want to have this picture in five minutes, pay 99 cents now. So you can actually speed it up. It's that whole hurry up yep. and wait. Um, and then also, as I said, you limited to one a day. So if you want to do more, then you can buy like packs. Um, just a bit of warning. You need to play with it because I took some pictures. So like if you're smiling and your teeth are all out on show um, and you choose like a, um, which was the one? I chose a Matisse or something like that. And your teeth kind of look a bit cuck. They go like a bit blurry and that. <laughs> and your eyes go a bit weird. So you want to play with it and get to use it. But I did um, – I. I did a structure. I took a picture that I'd taken of, of a building in Sydney yeah. and then I ran it through a Picasso but like an entropy style. So turned it down into cubes. Oh, wow. That's okay. pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, Cubism. it was cool. Nice. So it was very nice. I put that up on my Instagram page, uh, Fat Cat Brett. So you got you to tweet one of the, you got to tweet this photo now. I'll probably tweet my Picasso because yeah. it was a self-portrait. But awesome. I will, I will send that out. I'll put that on Twitter just now. And just for those of you that have never seen uh, B1, he doesn't normally look like a Picasso. <laughs> I'm much better. Ask my mommy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Base for radio. That was <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that was the, the app of the week. Then I found something that I know the older at heart or those that have been forced to watch their parents' movies will love. If anyone is a, a Monty Python fan, um, do you, well, Brett, you must have seen uh, The Holy Grail. Yes. Okay. Do you remember the, the, the scene in The Holy Grail with the knights when they had their coconuts, when they went running? Yes. So there's a company come out called Trotify. 
And they've made this contraption that you put onto the front brake of your bicycle <laughs> with coconuts. And as you ride, it trots. It makes oh, the trotting sound. Apparently, they've sold out already. You have to go to their website and like order for the next batch. So they're probably handmade or something. And they're coconuts. But it's called Trotify. And I just, I had to share that. For those days when you're, you really, really want your bike to sound like a horse. Yeah, but you remember how we used to put like playing cards inside our, our wheels that sound like, like a, yes. a motorbike. So now you get Trotify. Okay. I could just see this going down in Holland, like where everyone's driving bikes. You just see how these horse invasions, like this mess. But I, yeah, and I actually went and watched the scene again on YouTube of <laughs> We Are the Knights That Say Nee. Yes. So. And it's just a flesh wound. It's just, it's just a flesh wound. I am the Black Knight. Yeah. No, just, my, my favorite was the ending. No, don't give it away. Yeah, I know. Can't I'm not going it. to. I've only seen it like 500 times. But uh, for those of you that do, it's the best thing ever is to just watch to the end with someone who's never seen it before and just watch, watch them, watch face. it. Yeah. I love that. The Holy Grail. Yeah. So that was Trotify. Yeah. Um, then very cool. We were talking about Google and Apple and all those great things. Um, and we're going to be talking about Google again later. Yes. Um, but Bung and Olufsen, B&O, the headsets and speakers and that, they announced that um, they've done a deal with Google. I think it's only two pairs of their, their headsets. It's the the 35 or something. I don't know. It's called the uh, Bio Ground or Bio Sound 35 and Essence or something. Yeah. They've integrated Google Cast into the headset. So it's a oh, wireless cool. headset. Okay. And then it's got Cast. So Spotify, TuneIn, all those things will, will now stream to your headset directly when your headset's on on the same so wireless it's not, network. So it's not a Bluetooth headset? No, it's not Bluetooth. Okay. It's using the Wi-Fi cost. So cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it's auto. You basically hit the button, push play, and it'll pick it up. And it's going to sound good. It's B&O. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, big up to them. It's nice to see guys actually starting to take the tech mm. and integrate it into like And there's long-standing brands as well. There's ones that have like got their name already in like high-fidelity sound and actually playing now in the in the new digital space. It's it's. It's really cool. Innovation's got to follow all suits. You, you, you've got to think, though, it's probably because of the no-name brands that these guys are getting like a bit of a scruck, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, look at the watch industry. With what's happening in smartwatches, no one is buying luxury watches anymore. And yeah. Now you're seeing the, the tag Hoyers of the world partnering with Swatch to make a smartwatch, you know? Um, so it's very interesting to see how innovation is causing... Well, it's you know, disruptive. Brands. It I is think disruptive. That's, the, that's yeah. the, the great thing about it at the moment. At Everybody least, gets disrupted. At least they're coming to play, which yeah. is nice. Guys, um, the phone number is 0861-555-189. You can get us on Twitter and Facebook and WeChat. Um, Hashtag Futurology. Futurology. Thank you. Um, all right. So we always talk about VR. And you know what? It's not going away. And I don't nope. think there's going to be a week that I don't talk about VR. In fact, this year in San Francisco... There's the second year of the VR show. Yeah. It used to be part of CTIA. It's now its own show. It only Brilliant. has VR vendors. So it's basically the statement that this is not Mickey Mouse. This Virtual is reality is becoming a reality. It's becoming a reality. In yeah. fact, it's becoming an everyday reality. Yeah. What I thought was unbelievable. Um, what you thought a, was unbelievable? No, what I'm about to say now, oh. which I thought, yeah, I suppose punctuation. Nice. Eh? Yes, we've got a couple of those to share when we could put uh, the pen as the let's pen have as grandma for dinner. Let's, let's, let's have, have a slate here. There was a big mobile brand that put a board up, uh, a billboard up that said, "The penis is mightier than the penis <laughs> mightier than the sword," or something like that. We're talking about the pen. Yeah. Yes. Um, so basically. This company or, or Varsity, I can't remember who it was, in mm -hmm. Iowa, in one of the flyover states in America, have realized that there are over 200 ATV, all-terrain vehicles, quad bikes, yes. um, accidents a year just in Iowa. Okay, 
Wow. Now, a lot of people go like, where's Iowa? That's my point. 200 a year in Iowa alone. And um, they, um, they've used virtual reality and yes. a quad bike simulation to get people to ride and see how they would, inverted commas, fall off. What they're doing in this ride, like are they coming down a descent or they're going up the, you know, the hills the wrong way. And by that and that learning, we'll be able to try and maybe build stabilizers or at least educate people as to how to be safe on ATVs. Cool. And that's fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I've always heard guys say that ride bikes. I personally don't. I mean, I'd love to, but I don't. But they've always said that a, an, a four wheeler, an ATV is like 10 times more dangerous than a bike because when you wipe off a bike, you lose the bike. Yeah. But when you come off an ATV, you stay with it. And that's when it crushes your legs and, and it burns heavy. you and, and it's heavy, etc. Yeah. So, Ask Ozzy. But using virtual reality yeah. to combat a real serious problem. So the findings that they're going to get from this, they'll be able to share and publish and, and hopefully make the sport a bit safer. Which, um, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And it's it's a nice real-world application of um, of VR. Um, staying with VR. Yes. So we've we've uh, talked about the Hyperloop before. For those of you that haven't heard that show or don't know, the Hyperloop is that supersonic train capsule thingamajiggy um, that's going <laughs> to rocket you from like naught to 107. Brett, you've got the stats on the Hyperloop. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? It's, but it's fast. <laughs> it's it's guy fast. Yeah. So it's um, one of Elon Musk's things. Yes, that he's that's actually right. put I mean, I it's, it's, been, it's it's been a. Uh, it's been in discussion for for ages, but uh, he's actually put it t- together, and I think it's called a, a pneumatic tube transportation system. So I don't know enough about it either, really. But it's re- it's it's almost like a vacuum tube that links one point to the, the other, and basically allows for frictionless travel. Yes, and really, really quick. So really, what, well, what's it? Seven hundred miles uh, or something. Let me just check. Exactly. I was talking like so, four, and you were correcting me as I was speaking the last time. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'll come back to you. No problem. I'll I'll check it ex- exactly, but it t- it'll be about thirty five minutes for three hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, so, so that's ridiculous. So fast. So, well, that's seven six seven hundred miles yeah. an hour. Um, now the problem, or not the problem, but the the challenge with inside the hyperloop is that you're sitting in a tube in yeah. darkness with no view or anything, and a lot of people get sick when they can't see travel. So using augmented reality, which is pretty much the basis of virtual reality, yeah. um, they're going to be putting, or they, they're thinking about putting screens inside next to the seats that would simulate windows. But what they've done is using augmented reality tracking of your eyes, mm-hmm. where you looking will give you the right angle of what you should be seeing outside. Yeah. So you're not just getting like a picture of the desert. It will be moving the same as you moving, yeah. in the same angle that you would be looking if you were looking outside a window. Jeez. Now that's Imagine that's, how you could mess with people's minds though. Like you literally just put them into like some sort of actuated tube with I'm thinking of filling water. A and you just have a crowd of human beings just change the environment behind oh, them and just there's get out a the Halloween ride. You ride the you ride the hyperloop and then all of a sudden a tidal wave starts coming at you and you're sitting inside this. <laughs> well, great opportunity zombies. for augmented augmented reality marketing. So Pictures there you go, advertisers. Yeah, come on, Walking Dead season three hundred and seventy four thousand and one. <laughs> um you can have like zombies coming at the hi- uh, coming through at the hyperloop station, the science is approaching at the speed of minutes. sound. <laughs> so I mean it's just another real Yeah application for um for augmented reality so yeah um apple we spoke about apple last week we've spoken about the panama papers mm-hmm. and if you put those two together i came across a, a, a dunk dunk dun, dun, yeah. dun moment yeah i came across a little snippet apparently and you have to say apparently for legal purposes mm-hmm. or but it's it's been suggested that 
Alleged. Apple's holding $181 billion offshore, awesome. non-declared. Now, that is enough to change the world's poverty threefold. We could eradicate worldwide poverty three times with that money. That's and give everybody it, an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't <laughs> afford the data. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, it, you know, when I first came across the story and I was chatting to, to my business partner about it, mm. um, because he knows that I'm a bit of a fanboy. It's like I think he I think he tries to find snippets that are attacking uh, Apple. Um, he was, you know, we were saying, yeah, but you know, they actually won't get into trouble for a simple reason. If they're doing it, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting, and I'm not being liable or anything like that. But if they're doing it, mm. then there's a very good chance that the other global brands. We don't have to mention the I'm names. Sure. Everyone knows who a global brand is. You know, these guys are trading in markets all around the world. Mm. Um, why bring your money back if you don't have to? Why declare it if you don't have to? And I say that yeah. in inverted commas, but then make sure no one catches you out. But that's but that's kind of the thing as well. The so there's there's regulation, but Apple have got a a physical address, and so does Google. Uh, but then you look at something like Facebook. Yes, they've got a head office, but their operation is global. Which law then defines how they engage, or what tax avoidance are they doing? Yeah, you see so. The- that's the question I ask is how do you actually – which law is going to get them? And because there's such – there's a bit of gray area between where you're actually operating. It is interesting. That's, but I think – you know where, where I do feel bad as such is Great place to be in Bermuda and Panama and stuff because well, I mean, they're getting the benefit. Yeah. But I mean take the shareholders. These are guys that have, that have bought shares, mm. have helped the company build and become what it is. And I'm not talking about Apple or any company. Um, and they do it for the simple process of dividends. I mean, let's be honest. That's why you own shares. Yeah. This is $181 billion of non-paid dividend earnings. I mean, that's, that's quite significant. So, I mean, Brexit's like a walk in the park compared to the kind of stuff that's going to come out in this wash. Because what does that do for, for currency movement? You know, and the freedom of movement of currency and transacting around the world. Um, yeah, you know, bring on Bitcoin and blockchains and all those type of things. Cause yeah. Well, you're going to need some sort of thing like that. We, we we were talking about Bitcoin in the office the other day, and um, Bitcoin's actually if 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 Bitcoin the coin itself was actually made out of gold, it would be less. It would be more volatile than if it just stayed virtual. So that kind of puts Bitcoin up at commodity level. And um, I don't know if you saw, but the uh, the twins, sorry, the Facebook guys. What are their names? Facebook guys. You know, they, they're trying to screw Zuckerberg at the beginning, the twins. Oh, gone, okay, no. I've gone blank. Anyway, it'll come to me now. They've uh, started a commodity trading uh, company in New York with Bitcoin, uh, which is really, really clever. And they're actually starting to turn it into this this value, this really, really push this value, which is which is quite cool. But yeah, that's that's another discussion for another. Yeah. Well, I've actually <laughs> been seeing a lot of people say I want to Bitcoin with, though. Like with Brexit. Yeah, I, I really do. Like, I, but I, I've seen those pictures of the Bitcoin. Yeah. I really want one of them. Well, that's probably easier to get than a real Bitcoin. It's probably cheaper. Yeah, I don't Does want the QR code. I don't. Want, I don't want the. I don't <laughs> yeah. want the Zapper code. I, I want actually the... want. I want that whole long bit chain. But, <laughs> but you know, if we, you know, just staying with money and, and future and bitcoins and that. You know, when you think about what's happened with Brexit. Yeah. You know, the euro itself could become an endangered species. Yeah. So you know, surely it makes sense to have things like Bitcoin, where your yeah. currency doesn't matter what government global... makes what decision. Your money is your money, and you can transact however you and the trade decide. So I really, really believe that we need to follow Bitcoin a lot more carefully. And I think if, if anything's keeping bankers up at night, it's going to be those type of cryptocurrencies because yeah. they can't track it. They can't trace it, and they can't play in it. 
It's not their world. Anyway, so um, another little interesting snippet from the week and definitely something that's going into the future. Um, do you know Barnes & Nobles, the bookstore? Yes. Okay. So if you ask any young people nowadays… They're still selling books. There's my point. Like people go, what are books? You know? Yeah. They had a thing called the Nook. Nook. N-O-O-K. Nook. Nook. I say potato. You say potato. Yeah. Um, it didn't do well. Um, Kindle took that space over. The Everything moved to apps that you could have a Kindle app on your iPad and so on. So the Nook itself as a device… And I can't fault it. I don't know it. I haven't played with it. But Barnes & Noble invested in the Nook, and that was their ebook reader, and you got benefits from using their reader and their ebooks and so on. Yeah. Um, they've had to do an about turn because they've been so focused on ebooks and this specific device. What's happened is that market has changed as well. Um, people aren't buying ebooks. The sales actually yeah. down quite a lot. So they sat down. They've they've reinvented themselves and. The article that I read, I really, it was in time. Yeah. Um, they're going to start fine dining. Now, if you've gone into a Barnes and Nobles, there's a beautiful one in New York. I don't know which street and which grid, mm-hmm. but it's one of the original ones. Um, they've got this lovely coffee shop. It's, yeah. you, it's warm and it's got sun coming in. And you just, you know, you grab a book off the shelf, you buy it, you buy a cup of coffee and you sit there and you read for a while and you get lost. They're talking about making the areas like three or four times that size. That's cool. And fine dining, proper restaurants. So make, wine, creating an experience around the product. Correct. But so the book is just, you can come there, you can sit for a meal, have a good glass of wine. You know, because like people say, oh, I'd love to get a glass of wine and cuddle mm. up with the book. You, yeah. you hear people saying that. Now you can't. Well, you can't cut. Well, maybe you can cuddle up. I don't hey, know. Hey, there's a whole other tangent there they could, they could <laughs> explore. But that's kind of what digital has been doing to bricks and mortar for the last sort of decade. Yeah. These guys have been saying, well, and it started with the, the look and listens and the music is and all the, I mean, the, the hard and fast tangible music stores. How do we get people to actually come to our stores and buy CDs rather than download? Uh, the Napster effect has broken people wanting to collect CDs. Yeah. Um, and then the convenience of things like iStore and iMusic and all these things and, and these subscription based, uh, content services. How do these guys make people come to their store? And it's about creating an experience. And it's it's great to see that uh, Barnes & Noble are doing that. I mean, it's something that uh, Scoobs has been doing for a while in Monte Cassino. Yeah, I mean, and I give and them, we enjoy give them that. a shout-out. We yeah. enjoy going there. I mean, you can go get a nice – you can get – the wife loves it for the champagne. And, they've got that thing upstairs, yeah. correct. Yeah. And there's a guy playing piano, and you can uh, you can read a book and probably never buy it anyway. It'll so. probably, you see, <laughs> there's the problem. I think that's where the model's wrong. Like even – you mentioned Scoobs, and I think Scoobs is a great example of a bookstore. Yeah. But even um, the the exclusive books that have done deals with like Seattle Coffee or Fago, whoever it is, it's it's like kind of next to it. Yeah. But what they've done that's clever is there's those beep beep machines, the anti theft machines. Yes. So you can't take the book into the coffee store. One, the coffee store is a separate entity. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you transact separately. Whereas with Barnes and Noble, it will obviously be internal. Yeah. But more importantly, you have to buy the book or the magazine or the newspaper. Yeah. So now guys are going, I feel like a cup of coffee. Be nice to read a newspaper or buy a book, whatever. And, and their sales have probably gone up. So Barnes and Noble is going to have to look at that as well, well to stop people just bringing the book into that area reading it, which damages the book effectively, and then walking yeah. out. I'm you, not sure. You've I, immediately increased your chances of selling a f- tangible book by having the people and the books in the same place at the same time. I suppose you're going to want to finish it as well, <laughs> so though. You got, you're going to start reading and you go, well, you know what, meal's over, but I'm not going to leave the book. Let me yeah. buy it. Yeah. Come, could, come for the meal, save for the book, yeah, or the other be, way around. It could be quite uh, quite interesting. For sure. Um, I think it was on today's newsletter for Cliff Central. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I, I do think it was, but I, I'd read it before I saw it this morning. In Switzerland, the Fellatio Cafe is opening at what? the end of the year. 
<laughs> this I, I do a not safe for work announcement at the moment. Um, it's going to be the most expensive cup of coffee in Switzerland at about forty pounds. <laughs> but um, once you have it's received your ending. cappuccino or your flat white or maybe your frothed white, I'm not sure. It comes, yeah. You they give you an iPad. You choose your performer, for lack of a better description, and uh, you get the happy ending. So your coffee, you will. You, they pretty much guaranteeing you will leave with a smile. I mean, not many coffee shops can say we'll put a smile on your face. I hope there's a suggestion box at the end. So <laughs> at the exit. So yeah, that's pretty pretty wild. Where'd you say that was? Cool. Um. So basically. Yeah, that's what uh, are the most critical Europe. requirements for companies hey, in today's business environment? Communications and technology. From internet connectivity to voice and cloud platforms to the latest IT solutions and more, iConnect ensures maximum uptime and productivity with a reliable connection as well as the necessary support and backup. Go to iConnectSA.co.za for more information. That's iConnectSA.co.za. iConnect, the one provider to manage all your communications. Well, we're back, and um, I said at the start of the show that we have uh, a special guest today. And it, I must say, it's quite weird that I'm sitting in this seat and my guest is sitting in that seat because uh, it's no other than Gareth Cliff. Yeah, I've been on, <laughs> I was on with Adrian earlier, so I'm sorry, I can't say this is a unique thing <laughs> well, going on today. At least you're getting it all done in one day and you get it over with. Aren't you going to switch Brett's uh, no, microphone? No, we don't want to speak to hey, Brett. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> all to, right. I wanted to keep you to myself. Well, at least I'm I'm on a show where where you guys talk about stuff that uh, is always exciting to me. Oh, thank oh, cool. you. Yeah. That's great and to you, hear. And you do better and in different ways to everyone else <laughs> thanks very much i appreciate that as long as people are listening mm. and they're enjoying it we'll keep sure. doing it well i believe we have a first this is the first time we're going to chat about your trip since you've got back yeah i spoke about it on my show a couple of times but yeah. you know never from the point of view of of what you guys are particularly interested in and i think you're referring to one or both of the trips because i did south by southwest in march yes, yes. and then in may i was in silicon valley yes um, where we did quite a lot of of, of travel and meetings it was just jam-packed with really incredible experiences. So what do you want to know? I want to talk about Silicon Valley. South by Southwest right. is cool, mm. um, but there's not that much from a tech side point of view there. I mean, they have the tech integration in that. Sure. But what really intrigued me about your trip, and this is what I wanted to chat to you about, I've been to Google. So when I walked around Google, I saw very different things I would believe than what you saw. I was going there as a tech propeller head, mm -hmm. looking at RAID servers and how many lights were flashing and speeds and the fact that it takes like 10,000 calls for each search. I don't know if you were really looking at things like that. I don't even know what that is. You see. <laughs> so, You're just saying words, Brett. Come okay, on. so let me elaborate. If you, if, when you've heard of someone buying a Pentium 2 with a four-call processor, yeah. to do a search, it takes 10,000 calls. That means like, what, 2,000 times the number of computers you have in your office to do one search. Right. That's the size of Google's search engine. So, you know, when we went through Google, and I'm, I'm going back about four years ago, um, we went very technical. We were looking at server speed. We were looking at how the algorithms worked. Probably the kind of stuff that would bore most of the listeners. But that is the stuff that made Larry Page, first of all, had him recognized as the genius that he is. Mm. And second of all, what, what is the backbone of Google? Yep. You know, the second most valuable company in the world. Which is the first, Apple. Apple, yeah. yeah. 
Did you hear what we just said about Apple now? I did. And the Panama Papers. It's going to be interesting. They might not be the <laughs> first most valuable company. But it was interesting because you get to see also there was a timeline of Google searches that they yeah. put up on the wall that's actually been drawn up by staff over years, and they do it by hand. Oh, wow. So they've got a little chart that every, I think it was every year, they had to squeeze the chart down by an order of magnitude in order to show the volume Moore's law as time goes Correct. Increase. That's great. And, and Moore's law applies, obviously, in exactly the same direction here, but it, it replies, it, it, it applies rather inversely when it comes to the cost of these things. Yeah. And what's interesting is that Google will never divulge precisely where or how big their actual service infrastructure yeah. is because be I don't think they can completely tell you where it is either. No, well, the, there's part of it in Ireland, yeah. there's the, wherever it's cheapest, pretty much. You know that dark side of the moon it. we never get to yeah, see? Yeah, that's yeah. probably full of Google yeah. servers, yeah. right? I can share a little bit of light on that because I asked the questions and when the guys like politely said no, afterwards, the one guy came up to me and said, look, I can give you a little bit of an insight. Mm-hmm. The whole secret to Google, and, and did you see the original Google computers? Did they take... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's in the, they've got like a museum they set up there, right? So for the listeners that haven't been fortunate <coughs> to go there, the original Google computers were normal computers like we have. They're Pentium-based machines. They were all linked through a whole series of algorithms and the cables between them mm-hmm. that made them do the work of a gazillion machines. And that's right. what search was. So when I spoke to the guy, he said, with RAID technology. So what RAID does? RAID copy service. So one server is copying the other the whole time, hence the mm-hmm. name RAID. They have these server farms all over the world, and they're raiding each other the whole time. So mm-hmm. what they've started doing is saying, when you're not working and when you're not doing um, what you're supposed to be, which is ultimately backup, Mm-hmm. then you do the search. So they actually move their search energy and they also then obviously look at the closest line. So a South African search is not going to happen in America. Well, not not, but potentially should Well, I mean, potentially it could be happening in the cloud and that server could be located anywhere. Correct. That's what's going it's on a now. S- a computer somewhere else yeah. in the cloud. Yeah. Did you slide down the slide into the... Uh, no. Didn't you? No, I didn't. Okay. You know what? We, we tried not to do too much of the, of the tech tourism stuff because there were a lot of of business questions. You must remember I was on a trip with 22 other young South African entrepreneurs. These people were interested in scaling up their businesses. They were interested in talking to people about cloud servers and about Google Fit and about Google Home and about all the different developments on a a business front that they're doing. So we spoke to a couple of really interesting people. There was a guy talking about the Google Cloud and and kind of how their, their different operating systems for that have come along and how they've evolved. Yeah. They also spoke quite a lot about the cloud and how that's changed everything. And, you know, Amazon are competitors for the, for the, yeah. the, the primacy in that environment as much as they are. There was a lot of really interesting discussion around how it is that, that all of this integrates into three particular areas that, that I think everybody in Silicon Valley is talking about at the moment. The first one is the Internet of Things. Yes. So when we get to a stage where your fridge can tell you your fridge can tell your cell phone that you need milk and bread and you probably need three cans of Coke and your phone will then buzz you on your way home or they'll when, order it knows, it for you. when it knows you're 15 minutes yep. away from yeah. home because of geotagging. It'll be able to tell you and it'll go off at that moment. And you go, oh, I'm just about to turn into the shops. This is perfect. You'll go into the shops, buy the things your fridge needs or your fridge will just order them and they'll be delivered. 
Yeah. In the ideal world, you won't even have to worry about that stuff. This is why I think we're going to turn into those uh, funny people from, from Wally. Wally. Yeah. In the year twenty twenty nine, we're all going blobs. to have our yeah these yeah. blobs of humanity, just and we'll just be we'd be pushed around on hovering yeah. mechanisms. The neediness of Google. Society. So there's the Internet of Things. the The other one is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Obviously, with the smarter well, they yeah. get, the smarter they get. And I know you guys have spoken about this a couple of times. But what's exciting there is is also the way that that artificial intelligence is is being seen as a little bit threatening by mm. people like Musk. Um, even even uh, I think uh, Sergey and Larry have both said that they're quite worried about this too. You know, the only person I've I've found who's completely not concerned is Neil deGrasse Tyson, who says mm-hmm. we we are going to be fine because we can pick up when you know we need to not and don't allow these machines to. Manipulate and change their own source code, yeah, then we know it. we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But others have said that, for example, we'll, we will grow alongside this artificial intelligence to the point where we'll be codependent on each other. Yeah. And you'll almost have a meeting of, of bio and tech. Yeah. Uh, in a Not very, quite the singularity yet, but. But in a very real way. I yeah. mean, there's a guy who I, I saw speak at uh, South by Southwest. He's a professor of, of uh, anatomy and physiology who's also involved very much in, in technical stuff. He's, yeah. he's developed a chip which is already operable that can improve your memory. Wow. So which yeah. interfaces between yeah. – and this will solve Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and all yeah. of these diseases. And Silicon Valley weed smokers. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And people – I mean, ultimately what we want is for the machines to let us live forever. Exactly. And we eliminate health problems and we eliminate any of the the, 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 the day-to-day animal things that, yeah. that hold us back so we can be completely creative yeah. and we can think for a living. And all the work, the manual labor will be done by machines. Exactly. So the third thing is robotics. Yes. Um, there are also you know, other areas that people are interested in talking about right now. Virtual reality is obviously a big thing, but it's almost a side branch to those three that I've just brought up now. So that's where the focus is in, in Silicon Valley. And you can see – Everybody's looking for the next big thing. Yeah. It was did quite you, interesting. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I just wanted to, did you did you go through to the hydroponics and medical facility in Google? Because not many people get taken no, there. No, I didn't. Okay. I would have loved to see did that. Did you, Brett? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, it's incredible. So what happens? Know, everyone thinks that Google's just about search. You know, you Google no. it and AdWords no, and that. They're, 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 buying up, they're buying up businesses every day. Well, this is the thing. They've looked at exactly what you're saying with the chips and mm-hmm. preservation of human health and so on. They have a medical and hydroponics facility there. It's it's like right on the north or south side of the of the campus. I mean, the stuff that these guys are doing in the engineering. In fact, the day I was there, there were people picketing outside because it's not natural and it's you know yeah, yeah. Google's changing things. Ethicists. And I was just thinking now, the creationists must love this whole chip concept as well. You can just imagine. You well, know, it's, it's. I mean, if we live forever, you don't need God. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, the, the That's moment, a discussion. The moment humans can control their own destiny to the point of mortality not being an issue, what do you need an afterlife for? And if there isn't an afterlife, what do you need that the afterlife can promise you that you can't get yourself here? Wow. Okay. On so the flip side of that, if, if AI gets to a point where they realize robots realize they don't need us, th- well, then, what's the point then of the robots? Anyway? But then the robots become God, so it counts God out either way. Awesome. <laughs> so now you were there. This is awesome. It's like looking in a mirror with a mirror behind you. Yeah. <laughs> that infinite regression. How is this going to yeah. work? And it's an infinite regression because yeah. that's the whole problem with with you know even mysterious old cults and current religions is that actually they're just an infinite regression looking the opposite yeah. direction. And when when the echoes of the songs of the folklore and all that die. Down, it doesn't mean anything anyway. Absolutely. Well, you could actually Google it and download it again. Well, we spoke about AI this year as well. We spoke about a number of things, but AI. Marvin Minsky was the, I suppose, the, the founder or creator of of 
artificial intelligence or some of the laws that we've got around mm. it. And he died this year in January, and that's why we picked up AI quite early on this year. Um, one of his great quotes was, no computer is ever designed, no computer that has ever been designed is ever, is, is more aware than we are. Uh, sorry, let me say that again. No computer has ever been designed that is ever aware of what it's doing, but most of the time we aren't either. And that's the interesting thing. So yeah. if they don't, aren't aware of themselves, it's not going to be a problem. But that, that's, that's to do with, with whether or not you're sentient, right? Yes. And, and it doesn't matter. If you optimize a machine to make paper clips, yeah. it could eventually destroy the earth in order to make paper clips. <laughs> yes. It could look at humans and see raw materials for paper clips, yeah. but it, it won't ever know that it's doing right or wrong. But it's, it's, it's <laughs> always actually, learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Terminator movies kind of put that fear into us many years ago. But and I'm, thank I'm goodness because we've got to be vigilant, I right? I don't know if, I don't know if it's not too late. I mean, you've just seen uh, next level okay. stuff. Here's the problem is if we develop this machine, conspiracy theories. Here, if we develop this machine, and I can only really talk on your show about this stuff. The rest of uh, no one else will care except us and, and the people who listen to you guys. If we develop a machine that does all the work, it will instantly pose a huge threat to every other country and every other, you know, line of employment that humanity has. So either it has to be a decision that's made universally. Okay. When we, when we get to this stage, we'll share it, open source it, make it available to everybody so that no one person has control of that creature. Yeah. That we're going to create that will do all the work, or else it'll lead to war, yeah. on a massive scale. I would say you're right. There's only one problem, and that's called Google, because they're yeah. already making everything available to everyone <laughs> well, to quite easily but, do. But that's right. that's absolutely why we have to make sure that we don't take yeah. our our eyes off the ball here. Yeah. So there's that one. Sorry to jump in here. The there's that. I think it's a Greek mythology thing. It's like, do we build the beast or do we build the cage that holds the beast? Yeah. Which one do you build first? And uh, just to Build quote Jurassic beast. Park, that you spent so much time wondering to see, wondering if you could do something, you didn't even stop to think whether you should. Mm-hmm. And it's those kind of thoughts that you need to put into it. You're Digi- a repository of, of quotes today. Digital I philosopher, that, huh? <laughs> come on, let's, let's fine, talk about like this. Yeah. You said you you went over with other South Africans. Oh, I mean, by the way, just just hang on before you get onto that. We went to a place called the Institute for the Future. Which Ooh. is in, in Palo Alto. I didn't go Very there. interesting place. It's a little office. It's run. It's an NGO. They say that they're not there to predict the future, but they're there to start conversations about what the future might be like. That's you cool. know, Ethereum. We have to get them on. We're our talking show. about this, the, the, the world of blockchain and big data yeah. and all the rest of it and how that could impact every aspect, including government of society. And there are, there are real world practical examples of this in Africa right now. Yeah. In Ghana, they've got uh, a situation with, and I'm sure you've discussed this already on your show because it was familiar to me when we talked about it in San Francisco. Um, they have a, a problem there with land, um, and people don't have the deeds mm. for their land. And, and this thing will enable you, and people will then sell land, you know, and, and it won't end up being their land to sell. Yes. It'll belong to someone else because they haven't, they have a problem with title deeds. So there's this new kind of digital land registry mm. which is on a blockchain which will allow people to know for sure that the land that they're buying is actually the land of someone that they're paying so nice yes someone's talking about blockchain well i i figured this out and i'm i'm still there's some areas that are quite sketchy but essentially blockchain is just about distributed yep. authority and 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 verification 100% and what that means in government terms and can you imagine a government run by the blockchain you'll have no corruption yep and you'll have absolute efficiency 
because well, everything will back be against it. I mean, well, they and they it. will, but it doesn't. It's inevitable. Yeah. yeah, they can push against it just like every everything else that you know, has stood against progress, and you'll end up being on the losing side of history. But wouldn't that be exciting? It would a, be a government run by blockchain. I think it's going to have to come to that because, as you said, this accountability and what's coming out now with Panama Papers and the likes. Um, People, look at the vote in Britain last week. It's a vote we against. We want to discuss that. No, but I, I, it's, <laughs> it's an illustration. Look, yeah. this is where I come into your world, and it's an illustration of precisely the same problem. People have no faith in the established systems. They want a system that they can believe in, yep. and yep. a system that is universally true, yep. scientifically, objectively provable, and blockchain gives you that. Yeah. So instead of voting for Trump and for Brexit, people might be more willing to throw their towel in with blockchain yeah. and, and give over give over to machines yep. the ability to at least look after the details that that end up being corrupted by humans. They did that, Gareth. It's called SAP, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, SAP. Yeah. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a low that's blow. A You're hard, very mean. Come, come defend yourself. I tell you what, it's a great program if you know how to use it, but when you want to try and change anything on it, you can't, and that is what blockchain's about. Well. The, the guys that you went over with, and this is, this is what intrigued me. I mean, I think I sent you a message saying, please take me with because I'm your tech guy. I should be there. Mm. But as you said, these were entrepreneurs, and your, your whole purpose of going there was to what understand what Google can do for us as businesses? Or? It, was, it was sort of a two- or three-pronged thing. The first one was to just be exposed to the thinking of Silicon Valley. We met people like Bill Draper and Rudolf Boerter, who are sure. venture capitalists yep. who, you know, in in, in – <laughs> In Bill's case, he's the guy who – he was there at the start of Silicon Valley. He was one of the first investors in Yahoo. Yeah. Um, he was the, he was yeah, the first – exactly. Yeah, he, was, he was the first investor in Skype. Um, and so that's not even Silicon Valley, but it yeah. shows you how his interests have spread. And Bill Draper said that when he arrived there, it was orchards. It was Stanford University, and there were all these orchards. And as a result of Stanford being this factory of, of genius, really, a, a place where they encouraged people to think big yeah. and to come up with, with solutions to people's problems by using technology, they gave birth to, you know, Hewlett Packard, to Google, to a number of these companies yeah. that would not have existed if it weren't for Stanford. But when he came in, there also wasn't a Silicon Valley to invest in. Mm. And as a venture capitalist in those early days, he said it was very, very difficult. Yeah. And suddenly, at, at, and he knew it changed at this point, the president of Goldman, Sta uh, Goldman Sachs pulled up in a limo outside his little office and he knew, uh, okay, Something's now happened. we're entering the yeah. mainstream economy. Um, but up to then, it had been, you know, them doing very well. A bunch of geeks of, in one space. Correct. In terms of delivering huge value, you know, they were making returns of 20% and up. And the stock exchange was doing single digits. Yeah. And that's why it attracted these bankers and their attention. But before then, it was a very simple, humble place where really a bunch of guys who were half hippie, half geek, uh, came together to solve problems. Yeah. And look at what we've got now. I mean, now, you know, it's spread. Well, there's, it's global there's, and it's There's Sa San Francisco, there's, there's Seattle, there's Austin, Texas in America that are the, the, the hubs for this kind of creativity. But now, it's attracting like a magnet, mm -hmm. people from all over the world who care about this stuff. And as a result, and thanks to the, the technology we've got now, almost everywhere else in the world, they're trying to replicate that model. So the first yeah. thing was to be exposed to Silicon Valley and the thinking that goes into it, which is a very 
collaborative yes. way of doing things. There's no such thing as an idea that you patent and you keep hidden yeah. and a, a code that you develop that you're selfish and jealous about that you hide in a, in a safe. It's about sharing and so let, that you can go. Yeah. So that's the one thing. The other thing was obviously exposure to the venture capital yes. because there are a number of these business people who are ready to scale up in a big way and want international partners or international investors. And I think the third thing was to actually meet the people who are making the changes, people who are at the forefront of this kind of thinking, mm. and to connect occasionally with, with South Africans who are there, like Vinnie Lingham. Uh, we didn't get to meet Elon Musk, um, but there are other people there. You're going to have who, to go back. There's some, there's some tremendously influential South Africans. Yeah. Uh, Rulof Boerter is another one. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's Sequoia Capital. They, they're probably the most successful venture company in history. Yeah. They, they have on the wall behind you YouTube, Google, Apple, Oracle, Every dot, company, dot, dot. correct. Yeah. Every company that's that's in the the S and P list of of huge technology companies is something they've invested in. I've heard from a mate of mine who's just come back from holiday. He said I asked him how it was, and uh, he said oh, where I went to was it was foreign but familiar. Did you find any of that coming back from this? Have you come back to South Africa and be like, wow, there's actually stuff now that I can see locally that's actually on that same path, or are we vastly different? Um. Speaking about futurology, are we moving closer or further yeah. away? Well, again, to bring it home, yeah. I think that what we're doing here at Cliff Central from the point of view of creating this niche content and, yeah. and farming it out the way that we are, is that's absolutely something that, that I see is is what they're, they're working towards. I think we may even be slightly ahead of the curve there. That's awesome. There isn't anyone who's a hybrid podcaster, broadcaster over there who's got a, a large enough audience that aren't doing just niche content. Yeah. That are able to straddle that divide as, as we do, which is encouraging. Yes. But more and more I see, I mean, the ideas that some of these guys who are on the trip with me had and are already implementing and already have made successful businesses out of are every bit as good as the best ideas wow. we heard from people who have just started their businesses over there and possibly contain the seeds of something that could turn a few of them into billionaires. Is there an appetite for South African and African businesses? I mean, I know a venture capitalist will put his money wherever the return is and whatever. Yeah, but the they, like, they're not going to invest here. So, because that's uh, the question you, I've always. You've got to move there. Okay. That's the short answer. I mean, there was a much longer explanation about how you can move your IP across. And, you know, the problem is that it, it it's not understood properly by the powers that be here mm-hmm. in terms of the legislators and in terms of the Because they don't know budget. how they can get their piece of pie. That's right. All they want is their piece of the action. And if you develop any intellectual property in South Africa, the Reserve Bank can decide whether or not it's exportable or not okay. on a whim. Yeah. Yeah. These, are, these are bankers at best. They certainly aren't experts in technology. They certainly aren't experts in code. They certainly aren't experts in anything. I'm uh, sorry. Well, no, they are experts. In, they, I mean, they're, they're experts in central banking. <laughs> the safe that, go-to is to shut it down. But that's the point. Yeah. Mm. And, and if not to shut it down, to keep it here and keep it small. Which yeah. is, it's not the way that we've got to think. We've yeah. got to be outside of the box and we've got to be looking in occasionally, but mostly looking out. Yeah. Fear, is, fear is the devil of innovation. If you fear it, then you're never going to innovate. See, he's quoting again. No, this so is the, coming from Brett. So the, <laughs> that's his quote. The, that's um, the, 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 the question was two-pronged for the basis that that's what I'd thought because I've also tried. I mean, we all have, especially being in, in the tech space. And you, you never get a positive response. I've jumped on planes many times and gone mm. over and seen people. 
They're so just, the part two is, did they offer a solution? Did they um, say, we'll hold your hand well, and bring you across? We met, a, we met a firm of attorneys in um, San Jose who actually specialize in this kind of thing. And there are ways to do it. And you have to be really smart and you have to try and do it before you've started anything that's really valuable here so that you can get it out mm-hmm. and have it owned by an American company, which you can own. But it has to be there for anyone who is interested in investing in you to put their money into that. They're not going to put their money into South Africa's bank accounts. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to happen. So you either need to develop your idea here, grow it slowly and sell it off to someone over there or build it halfway and be willing to take the knock in whatever tax that is. Or you have to start it over there. And if you're going to start it over there, you've got to take all the commensurate risks there. And the fact is you won't know the market as well. Yeah. You won't necessarily have access to capital. You don't have the network that you might have and here. Yeah, you're one in a million. Yeah. But here we have the advantage of having different kinds of problems to solve. The third world is full of massive opportunity. Because, the chaos. Yeah, because of that chaos. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that there isn't a reliable electricity supply has opened up opportunities for people who sell generators and for people who sell battery packs mm-hmm. and it will turn them into very rich people yeah but i think if you if you look at it as this market is worse than that market you're missing the point yeah. there are ways to make this work for everyone don't play first world victim in a third world country thank another great quote <laughs> sorry i, I like the one liners because yeah. i'm bubbling out of you when I, mean, when I talk with b1 i very much only get 20 seconds to say something so i have to really make them count see guys making me subdued today so the third part to the two-part question you see there's always more in in south africa (laughs) and this is the frustration i think a lot of people that do listen to our show which would be in the same boat being in digital and brett and i say this the whole time all we need is a computer and a connection and we're online and we're global but now the feedback that you bring back from, and let's be honest, these are the gods of capitalism and investment. It's, mm-hmm. it's silicon. And tech, yeah. And tech are saying, no, that's not the case. You still have to be here. You still have to come play with us in our space and our rules. Well, they are if you want to be, I mean, if you want to be on that scale. And, and I think there are ways that you, I mean, look at NASPAS, for example. Yeah, and here's the, the interesting, this yes. is the interesting example that, that actually Rolf Boerter brought up. Yeah. They've just opened their first office in America. Only now, two wow. months ago. Okay. Now, the reason they've done that is because they wanted to dominate the, the, the developing markets first, and they've very much done that. They've been very clever about buying up assets in the developing world that have positioned them as a very – the fifth biggest media business in the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And now only are they ready to start doing things in the developed world. Because they're operating on the basis that if you can do it here, you could probably do it there. It's probably even easier. Yeah. Larger market, et cetera, et cetera. And the challenges aren't quite as numerous. Well, they can't no. be bullied either. And they won't be the bullied. Money. And yeah, if you thing. go in and you're already big, yeah. well, the world's your oyster because yeah. they're all going to be running to partner with you, aren't they? The I just wanted to ask you as well because I never got to go there. Um, but I know you went to Facebook as well. Yeah. Now, Facebook <laughs> intrigues me. Yeah, it does um, it. It does, because when you think about what it is, uh, or sorry, what it was, okay, okay. And how it started, <laughs> the spaces that they're playing in now must be quite interesting. With you know, I don't know if it's more of a catch-up, because you, you kind of see things that everyone else is doing, but hey, Apple did that. I mean, Apple didn't really invent anything. They just perfected it. Um, so Facebook's kind of coming through, <laughs> well, my opinion. Well, you know, there was an interesting comment made by one of the people on the trip, and she said, Actually, Zuckerberg isn't a genius at all. He was just in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And and if you think about it, there were a number of other potential social networks that could have become the Facebook 
Yeah. yeah. And in fact, many people aren't even sure that Zuckerberg was the genius behind yeah. the Facebook. The Winklevoss twins. But the point is that Facebook is strange. You get the feeling that when you're on the campus there, that there's almost a messianic quality to this Zuckerberg myth. Oh, wow. That they talk about him and you know, and, and three days ago, Mark went from there. He walked right past <laughs> me over here and they don't talk like that about the phone. And I poked Google, him at Google. <laughs> well, this is the funny thing is at Facebook, they were also saying that they use Facebook Messenger to communicate internally. They okay. don't have, they don't use like office email like the rest of us do. But isn't that strange? We ping each other they on can- Facebook. And they come out of innovation, of and yeah. yet they're putting themselves in their, their own created bubble. Well, that's it. It's like those people who think that if you wear the corporate colors of your company every day and you, you read the corporate vision as you walk into the building and that other kind of propaganda, that you'll end up being better at the corporation and, and the corporation will therefore be better at doing what it's meant to do. I get the feeling that Facebook are almost out of ideas. I think the reason <laughs> they're buying so many other things up is because they realize that they don't have very much else that's unique to offer. Mm. But that's what I was saying. They seem to like almost copy. I mean, they're just saying, that's well, it. don't leave Facebook to go and do a picture. We have pictures now. Yeah. And, uh, and, don't go and, 360. And We've good got for it. them. They've got a survival strategy, but we don't know whether it's enough, do we? Yeah. And I do get the feeling on, on Facebook's campus that they, the people who work for Facebook are more interested in what's for lunch. Because they've got this great canteen. Google's they can go to Barnes & Noble now. Google's got an okay canteen too. We had lunch at Google. We didn't have lunch at Facebook. Okay. Oh, no, we did. We did it both. So I can comment across the board, good food is important on both campuses. <laughs> yeah. But on the Facebook campus, I was standing in the queue with all the other Facebook employees, and they, were, they weren't talking about work. To make the food. In, at Google, they were talking about the food. At Google, they were talking about the work. Yeah. One guy sort of an Asian-looking dude is talking about, well, I just developed this thing this morning. I've got to show you. Can I come around to you just a little bit later today? And the other guy's going, yeah, 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 I want to hear about that. And you hear these – and they're not putting on an act. You get the feeling that Google is really an innovative company, a company for the future, a company that's got its eyes set on tomorrow. Mm. And you get the feeling that Facebook has got its eyes on today. Yeah, And and I don't don't mean – to be insulting to Facebook. I think that they're still doing, and they will do, creative and interesting things because they've got the resources now to do them. But I do think that if they hadn't bought Instagram and they hadn't done a lot of other acquisitive stuff, which they continue to do to their credit, that they would be finding themselves even more behind the curve. Yeah. No, that is interesting. I mean, I'm watching, and I use the word inverted commas, innovation coming through, but it's more of like, the same, same. But this is an obsession, this innovation. It's yeah. an absolute obsession. Yeah. You've got grown adult men who are, you've they've got that wild look in their eyes because they're terrified that the next big thing is going to bypass them and make them irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And that is the danger of being in Silicon Valley is you get the feeling, kind of like LA made me feel, what is it, 10 years ago when I went there for the first time. Everyone in LA is an actor. Oh, yeah. They're just yeah, they're waiting waitering the in the meantime yeah. or parking your car in the meantime what's or the big bang theory right. she's been doing it for nine seasons there we go so th- and that's the truth yeah um and and i knew that before the big bang theory so that was my observation of la and in, in san francisco you get the distinct feeling that absolutely everyone there is convinced that they're going to find the next big thing they're all millionaires they but just haven't done it yet paranoid mm. that they might not be and it's crippling yeah because you you see them and they're, they're just they're they're terrified that right now while I'm talking to Brett I could be discovering the next big thing but someone else might already have and oh my god it's all going to I'm going to miss my chance and I don't ever want to live like (laughs) that irrational phobia (laughs) 
Yeah. But there's maybe no there's, risk. A, there's actually a business. We can offer yoga courses for the people that have lost out on the next big thing for only nine ninety nine a month. Oh, that'd come. <laughs> and then you look at a company like Apple that's made so much money. Declared they, they, or undeclared. Well, I'm just oh, talking yeah. about what they've got. I'm just talking about what they've got in the bank, which they could spend now, and they don't yeah. know what to spend it on. Yeah, because you know they could buy. There was an, a, a rumor the other day Time Warner might be on their shopping list. There was a rumor the other day that Tesla might be on their shopping list. Wow. What do they do? Yeah, because they make computers. Whether it's a phone computer, whether it's a tablet computer, or whether it's a laptop or a desktop yeah. they make computers they make very sexy computers a lot of people love their products a lot of people are mm. very anti their products but what are they going to do to take things to the next level because if i have another ios update that does nothing yeah i'm going to start losing love for this brand you yeah. are getting one that does something in september what's going to happen no well the the whole um focus now between the integration of siri and third-party apps they're actually letting app developers start to play so we'll start to see a lot more integration where you don't have to open and close it. We actually spoke about this last mm. week. Um, and then, of course, the Mac itself. That will start to integrate properly now. Well, they're doing unified stuff. So we, we, right. we'll give them one more shot. Okay. But I don't think we're going to see hardware innovation, which is a bit sad. They're now talking about a three-year strategy, not a two-year strategy. So anyway, Gareth, we have to wrap it up. Um, Damn. Uh, yeah, I mean… It's, it's Unless you want to keep talking, shows. I mean, it's no, your I show. Think, I so think you're bored yeah, with me. No, we're not. <laughs> um, but I'm already getting the Duncan saying, I know we're talking to Gareth, but we've got to wrap it up. So we're going to have to wrap it up. Awesome. All in all, though, I mean, concluding, um, was it worthwhile? Did oh, you did absolutely. you come back with, like, with the innovation and, and inspiration? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when you meet the best in your business, you can't help but compare yourself to them and mm. find how you could get to that quicker. Yeah. yeah. Um, because we'd, we'd suffer from a, an insecurity complex about our position in the world because we're in the southern tip of Africa and we're not where all the excitement's happening. Yeah. But geography is the least important thing about what, uh, what's being developed. I have to ask you, did you ride the six-seater bike? Did no, I got, I, got on on a, I got on a one-seater bike. No, okay. I, Those I'm, colorful ones that came from… Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Brett? Concluding thought, I mean, you've been so full of quotes, but we'll still throw you under the bus. Oh, wow. Gee, thanks. Yeah. Uh, basically, innovation is everywhere. Uh, so it's, it's a matter of, of keeping an eye out for it, making sure that collaboration is, is part of your, your, your core, your repertoire. Don't be afraid. You've got to let go in order to grow. I'm going to throw a whole bunch in here. But literally, it's about meeting new people, discovering new things, but also being open to push what you think is right. And using – if you're going to be a tech millionaire one day you're going to have to do it by using technology to solve people's problems yeah i like it yeah. well gareth thank you um it was a it was truly great and and, and yeah. awesome to have you here and your insights and uh, until next time we'll have to have you your, back. keep your screen clean and your knob shiny <laughs> this is cliffcentral.com cliffcentral. the revolution i've got something important to tell you cliffcentral.com